0: Welcome to Keaton Cast Episode 6, the podcast for all things Michael Keaton, brought to you by the Epic Film Guys. I'm your host, Justin, and tonight I'm joined by none other than the God of Podcasting, Sauce.
1: Oh man, what an intro. Um, thank you. I hope I can I hope I can live up to that tonight. <laughs>
0: Your entire life has been leading up to this moment, just to this <laughs> review. So don't let them down, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here for a very special review. Uh, we attempted this uh, last night, and uh, you paid attention to our Instagram and our Twitter. Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties that uh, did not allow us to release our original review of the Flash. But we're here now to give you the earliest, best review we possibly can because, Brian, last night we saw the final version, the final theatrical finished version of The Flash. And, um, yeah, Um, I mean...
1: That's right. I mean, it was your your third time, which is insane because the movie hasn't even come out yet. And it was my second time.
0: Um, But our first time seeing the final cut, though. I mean, and and we'll talk about what that really entails if really that much at all uh, not gonna, in
1: specifics because this is a spoiler yes free review, spoiler
0: but. free right now so we're going to give you as much as we can uh regarding the flash in the next few months because uh, it is keaton cast as part of the epic film guys podcast because let's face it okay uh this is such a huge deal with him returning as batman and next year returning again as beetlejuice i mean he's filming right now in the uk can you can you imagine like if we had like a portal we could just look through it right now and they'd be on set right this fucking moment and he's in full beetlejuice garb makeup and all in the outfit he's going hey babe how you doing yeah <laughs> like it would just be so fucking cool i mean i i swear to god i'm gonna keep saying this the moment saucy that they reveal the first official image of him made up in the costume just on set. It's going to fucking break the internet. I swear to God.
1: I mean, did you ever imagine as a kid that like years later, Michael Keaton would be back as Batman and Beetlejuice within a, a year of each other? Isn't that insane?
0: It's insane because I never imagined either could happen because Michael's answer to either of those questions regarding Batman or Beetlejuice would be, if Tim wants to do it, I'll do it. And we've come to find out and we discussed this last night in our previous recording that, you know, they spent a lot of time together doing press for Dumbo. And uh, when he was asked about returning as Batman. Um, Michael seemed open to it and he would look over at Tim and Tim would just be like, oh, they're making another one of these every week. then <laughs> he, he said something like, how about Batman versus Godzilla or something like just joking about it. So right. I think it was probably conveyed to him during that, that like, you know, if you ever do want to do it, I'm not going to be involved. I don't want to do it. Um, but Beetlejuice, as we know, is like, you know, Tim's baby. But ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to talk about Beetlejuice. We're here to talk about the Flash any Muschietti's new film that's landing in theaters next week on June 16th officially. Uh, and I mean, apparently I feel like by the time the movie comes out in theaters, uh, the entire world will have seen it because they just keep doing early screenings of the movie uh had no idea i thought that last night's screening for press would be just press it was not it was loaded to the gills with fans and uh as of right now this recording there's another one in just dc so people are seeing this movie all over the uh, all over the world i mean they've been doing these screenings everywhere
1: well clearly they're confident and clearly they want to get uh you know the good word of mouth out uh and it seems just judging from uh, you know early early buzz and the people we've talked to at these screenings that uh, that word of mouth is going to be largely positive.
0: Uh, I but- mean, as of today, the embargo lifted. Our review was supposed to be up in order <laughs> to be a part of that. and unfortunately, like I said, shit happens. Um, but right now it's sitting at 56 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes at 71% fresh. Uh, no okay. audience rating yet. Um, you know, it's 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 okay. Uh, I expected it to be much higher. Actually, I expected it to be at least in the upper eighties. Um, well,
1: then of course you have you know people on Twitter saying that the movie's you know a mid you know a flop or mid because just you know, the, because
0: of Ezra Miller, which is
1: well, no, <sighs> that and the Rotten Tomato score. I mean, people are are using that as um, you know. Uh, ammunition i guess um but the movie hasn't come out yet it's only based on you know a handful of reviews um and 70 percent is not a bad score it's still fresh so it's not like a you know a huge critical bomb or anything like it's mine
0: it's not like every member of the press has seen it like i think this is just the majority but there's going to be plenty more people added to the mix here um it, it's strange to see it as low as it is, even though it's not that low, considering like the high praise um, that I've sent towards it and all these other people have sent towards it. Well, also, Justin, and...
1: also, you're biased because you've seen the movie and you like the movie. So,
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm just basing this off of the reactions uh, from CinemaCon where I saw it where it was like the first big, basically like the first premiere of the movie, even though it was like unfinished, if you will. Um, And then seeing it twice there since where these audience reactions are literally bonkers. I mean, this is an audience partition, excuse me, audience participation movie um, at its best. I mean, we saw what happened last night. And then when I hosted the fan screening a few weeks ago, which you were also there as an attendee, um, I mean, people are going Wild for this thing, so we're gonna well, try let's to get into it. Yeah. We're gonna keep it as spoiler free as we possibly can because we don't want you to listen and have anything ruined for you. Um, I've already kind of said my initial thoughts on this on previous Keaton cast episodes, so we'll jump right to you because no one's heard your thoughts on this. You haven't written a review, you haven't posted about it on social media. What are your initial thoughts on The Flash?
1: Well, I think this is an easy m- movie to be cynical about, um, you know we're inundated with comic book movies, these $200 million plus, you know, big event spectacle movies. And uh, you and I have talked plenty of times about how they feel less and less special. As Tim Burton said, you know, there's there's one coming out every week practically. So, um, uh, you know, to have a movie that's so crammed full of like shameless fan service <laughs> to almost like a ghoulish degree, like it's easy to be grumpy about, a movie like this, um, but it's it's difficult to be too cynical about it because th- this is a movie that's so eager to entertain and it succeeds with flying colors. I I, I enjoy the Flash quite a bit. Um, I've seen it now twice. I might see it a third time. Um, it has its fair share of problems. It has its fair share of heart. And a fair share, it's fair share of humor too. So, um, you know, the story is your kind of boilerplate time travel mix up, you know, Barry Allen goes back in time to prevent a tragedy, which ends up disrupting the multiverse and, and, you know, hijinks ensue. Um, it's That's all very- your classic
0: line. Everyone, they couldn't wait for it.
1: <laughs> there it is. And everyone stands up and applauds and stops listening. No. Um, it's... <laughs> It's, it's all very Back to the Future, um, which I think the, the, fil- the film is very aware of. Um, you know, it's mentioned several times by name in the dialogue. And it's no small wonder that Robert Zemeckis was originally courted to, to direct this film. So um, instead of Zemeckis, though, we get Andy Muschietti, who I think is, um, having seen the film, uh, I can say for sure that I think he's a fantastic choice uh, to helm this movie. Um, it's a big movie. Uh, there's a lot of spinning plates, and I think Muschietti manages to keep them all in the air pretty skillfully. Um, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, converging storylines and universes, and kind of not clashing tones, but you have, you know, the kind of comic booky, you know, uh, you know, goofy moments, and then you have more serious moments, and you know, more um, gripping character stuff. Um, but right from the opening scene, I think the movie strikes the perfect tone and lets you know, like, you know, strap in because you're, you know, you're in for a ride. Um, so just, just you know, off the cuff initial thoughts. Um, I think this is a really fun movie. Yeah. I think people are going to have a good time with it.
0: It's a crowd pleaser. I mean, if these screenings are any indication, and I think they definitely are because you and I have done so many events uh so many screenings of movies you and i both work for the alamo draft house and we've done these things we've lived them Uh, also press screenings as well and just early screenings of movies we've kind of been in and out of that and seen how people can react to these things and and i'm not this is not hyperbole in any way i just i've not seen this kind of reaction to a movie in a long time where people are like getting up and cheering and clapping you know just people are just so excited about it and this is a good thing uh we're not going to bring up you know all the issues with with ezra miller and what they've been dealing with and such they will be attending the premiere um, they will not be doing press for the film they said they wanted to make the movie about the movie and not about themselves which is very fair to say, but it's good. That, it's good that they're going to be there um, because the movie. Let's let's be clear is about the Flash, this is a Flash movie. Um, you know, I, I live in the Michael Keaton Batman realm, if you will. You know, running a Batman group and on Instagram and everywhere else. You know, it's my favorite thing in the world. So rightly so. Um, but I've had to correct people in saying that, like, listen, like you have to come to terms with the fact that this is not. A tim burton batman movie this is not a you know Zack snyder you know bat it's just it's literally a flash movie and we get lots of cool stuff that happens with characters that we know and love and um you know the only unfortunate thing is that michael keaton himself will not be attending the hollywood premiere uh he is shooting beetlejuice 2 as we talked about earlier and that, he apparently uh, really wanted to be there he kept talking about it and just that's why they did that screening in london uh this last saturday where they showed batman 89 and the flash to a sold-out audience it was like an empire magazine vip event in which he did a q a and that was like his version of a premiere for people so they could come out and see it and hear him talk about it um big bummer because all of us are like dude it's like 30 one years later, and you're back, and we want to hear you talk about it. And it's like, nope, I'm sorry, I'm doing this other movie. But that's cool though, cause it's Beetlejuice too, so it makes sense. it's 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 not gonna hurt us that much. But um you know, getting back to Ezra, I mean, uh, the the first thing I can say right off the bat is just you are not ready for their performance in this movie. They are absolutely fucking brilliant. I mean, the work they do, uh, you know they're playing two different versions of their character from two different times. I mean, I've I can't even remember the last time, if there is a last time, where I saw an actor have to endure that.
1: Uh, Eddie Murphy and the Nutty Professor movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, to have you're right, like two uh, slash maybe more uh, versions of essentially, I mean, the same character. It's Barry, but Barry from different universes, so they're distinct. They have distinct personalities, kind of, and. Um, I mean, I think he nails the comedy, even though not every joke lands. Um, I think your mileage will vary as far as the, the humor goes in the film. Um, like I said, there there are moments uh, that I think could have been just snipped right out of the movie and it, it might have been better for it in terms of like, no, nah, not every scene needs a joke. But um, like I said, I think he nails the comedy. Um, he's more than up to the task for the emotional beats of the movie. I mean, you and I were just talking last night about the ability for him to, you know, cry on cue. And, and, I mean, uh, it happens like
0: a hundred fucking times in the movie. I swear to God, it's, it's insane to see, uh, An actor of that caliber just continuously do that. I mean,
1: when when you're an actor, your job is to act, so I get it. Like, I mean, he's doing his job. But I'm telling
0: you, I I don't remember the last time I saw someone cry so much in a fucking movie, let alone a comic book movie.
1: Well, yeah, and to have your hero be vulnerable, and to have your, you know, your main actor be vulnerable, um, it's refreshing to see, and it's not easy to do to play off of yourself. Essentially, I do think the twin. You know, effects that they do the 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 visual effect of having two Ezra Millers on screen at the same time is for the most part pretty seamless. I would say, um,
0: I, I would dare say, almost fully seamless. There's a few spots here and there I noticed um, because, make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, um, the version we saw, the final version, the effects were slightly polished. I know that was a huge subject, especially on film Twitter. Uh, you know, the Snyder Bros shitting all over the movie because of the cgi it is better than the CinemaCon cut which i saw at CinemaCon, which they've been screening early um it's not like it's perfect or anything i don't think any movie is but it does well, look especially
1: better. especially when you're dealing with a movie like this where there is nary a shot in the film that doesn't have some kind of visual effect very I true mean, it it's t-
0: almost like it's almost like it's fully animated in a weird way i mean
1: yeah, I mean, we're you know we're seeing what can be done with superhero movies and animation with the Spider Verse movies and all of that. This is you know it's it's live action but it's basically animated because um, you know like I said the the screen is just a wash in CGI. Um, some of the CGI effects are outstanding. Um, others, I I just have to say, kind of hokey. Um,
0: we can't get into we can't get into detail on that though. No, real really too deep though.
1: No, I mean I will say that uh, f- to my eyes there were some effects that were polished, but it has to be said uh, there's some there's some gummy worm effects in this movie, and um, it didn't bother me because I'm more of a big picture movie watcher, and you know I'm able to. Overlook, you know, if a movie has strong characters, a good story, the effects aren't the most important thing for me. But I know that people will, you know, ha- have issue with the CGI. I, um, I mean,
0: in the world we live in, where all these movies are so visual effects driven, there's going to be people talking about it. It's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in. Um, no matter how good they are, this is the truth. It doesn't matter who's directing it, Denis Villeneuve, uh, fucking Steven Spielberg. It doesn't matter who it is. It's gonna get pecked apart. People are gonna talk about how whether it's deep fake or de-aging or whatever it is, it's always a subject of contention. I'm you know, I'm kind of sick of it. Um, but I understand. I mean, like, we live in a world where like this is filmmaking, which is in a strange way, but this is how movies are made today. Nothing in the movie I will say in the initial version or this final version took me out of the movie entirely. So not
1: entirely. So, but I, you know, especially uh, I don't want to uh, spoil anything. I do think the movie opens with a bang, with a great oh you know, my energy- god
0: that <laughs> opening sequence! Holy shit! Is this is this not like one of the best opening sequences of any comic book movie ever? I, feel I mean, like it it's
1: it's extremely um, energetic. Again, I think uh, Muschietti is having a lot of fun with the character and showing you right off the bat what the character can do in a way that has almost like a dark humor to it. It, I can't even describe it because you'll just have to see it, but I couldn't even believe what I was seeing on screen. I can say
0: this much. We can can talk about this much because it's kind of in the trailer. You know, Barry's just on his way to work. And we know from, you know, seeing him in Zack Snyder's Justice League, because we're not going to talk about Joss Whedon's piece of shit, But, you know, the Flash has a high metabolism, like the dude needs to eat. Like, I swear to God, dude, I mean, I wish I had that metabolism. Every single dude in the world wishes because we see him later on shirtless and he's like fucking ripped and shit. It's like but um, it's like he's just there waiting for his morning sandwich. He's late because he's irresponsible. He's more responsible than we're used to seeing from this version of the character, but he's still irresponsible. He's still late because he's the Flash. He's like, dude, I know I could be there in like a split fucking second. It doesn't matter. And he's waiting for a sandwich to be made. And it's very fun comic relief. And then it immediately turns into like this situation where, like, he's needed to do something. And then it, it builds to this amazing, bonkers, crazy batshit so... action sequence that you never expected. You're like, and the way the movie opens and the title card and everything, you're like, oh my God. You get all excited. Then, like, uh, you know, there's some comedy there. And then we get the title card and you're just like, you're in for it. It's like, yeah. boom, it just bats you very... over the head.
1: It's very over-the-top, very comic booky, and it's 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 really fun. And like I said, right off the bat, it it, it establishes the perfect tone. Um and and Muschetti, I mean, he's dealing with some pretty wacky concepts here. I mean, the flash's speed powers, how they're visualized on screen, um, you know, phasing, how he fa- phases um, you know, through walls and through doors and stuff. Um, the Chrono Bowl, which is like how he, Basically, he runs so fast that he's able to like melt time, and that's um, just a really wacky visual. Um, so, I, I have to give first of all credit to Zack Snyder because yes, uh,
0: credit where credit is due. Without Zack Snyder, this movie could not exist.
1: Right, but I mean, you you watch you know his cut of Justice League, and you can see um, what the Flash is capable of. And uh, it, it was really kind of heartwarming because he saves the day, really, in the end. Um, so to to have this kind of like underdog, quirky, like a little awkward, a little um, flighty uh, character, um, you know, be a hero is is really exciting. And um, and the way that the powers were visualized on screen, his speed powers, um, I, I do have to give credit to Zack Snyder. I mean, I I haven't been a fan of certainly all of his films especially his films in the dc universe but i loved Zack snyder's justice league and that a lot of that comes down to the casting of ezra miller as the flash and the way that the character is portrayed in that movie and in this one as well and um i do have to say that muschietti visualizes uh these you know these out there concepts in a very dynamic and and Creative way that's really like straight off of like a comic book splash page. I mean, uh, it feels like you're reading a huge DC Comics crossover issue. You know,
0: when you're it does this movie. or watching like the initial Justice League cartoon, you know, the Bruce, Tim, Paul, Dini Justice League cartoon. Like, I felt that vibe throughout the entire movie, even though we're not seeing, you know, those versions of those characters. But like that seemed like an influence in terms of like how these characters are interacting, uh, the visual aspect of it. I mean, the movie has an energy and like that's the thing a flash movie fucking needs. Clearly, he has a lightning bolt on his chest you need that kind of energy and like it's interesting to see such a youthful energy just interjected into this thing it it, it, i it blew me away the first time i watched it in terms of the opening sequence and it blew me away last night on my third watch and i think based on the audience reaction and you know how strongly it opens i think people are just going to be in for a wild fucking roller coaster ride i mean this is the epitome of those fun summer blockbusters the way we used to remember them before we got them like every week and this is nothing against any other you know movie in the genre or anything but there's an old school sensibility running through this thing where it looks like andy kind of looked at like maybe even you know tim burton's batman superman the movie maybe even star wars and just said like what what are these movies used to be for audiences before they just got so you know, filled up into the theaters every other month, or they became kind of just like, you know, kind of basic, if you will. Um, well,
1: there was an effort, I think, to to make this like decidedly, I mean, again, it's it's no innovative masterpiece of, you know, it, it is what it is and it's comfortable in being what it is. Um, but, you know, um, there's real strong character work in this movie, there is an emotional core, there is a story being told. Um, there is, you know, um, it has like a fun tone to it. It's not dour. It's not obnoxious and loud and stupid. Um, it really is, you know, uh, uh, an emotional kind of experience. And it's it feels special um, in a way that, you know, not all superhero movies do. Well, I, and, I, think,
0: um, I think we can let the cat out of the bag in terms of, Uh, the basic reasoning in which Barry decides to do what he does. I mean, it's in the trailers. I think we kind of know the basic origin of the character. Um, You know, his dad is imprisoned and, you know, he's wrongfully accused or at least Barry thinks he is. And, you know, he doesn't get to live a life with his mother who he loves so deeply. He just wants to be with his family. And, this is something that haunts him and the movie opens and he's like, basically Ben, like Ben Affleck's Batman's best friend. Um, Like they talk, it's like this strange relationship where you're like, you never would expect Batman to have a best friend. If it's the closest thing he probably would have.
1: Well, it's kind of like a surrogate father type situation because, you know, um, Barry's father is in jail. Like he kind of, I feel like uh, Barry kind of looks up to Bruce Wayne and Batman in a way. And by the way, I mean, i don't think it's any great spoiler either to say that ben affleck is in the movie he's in the movie um, and
0: it's great to see him back as his last time as batman and bruce wayne i mean you know he himself said in interviews that, that he felt this was his best outing as the character um and i mean he has fully stood behind everything he did with zack snyder he was just at the snyder con event uh last month when they showed the uh, the imax version on the big screen for fans of you know the snyder cut of justice league so he's been fully behind it the entire time but we know he's one and done he's done at this point he doesn't want to do any more and i think the snyder fans you know myself included you know i was one of them i still am but i think there's this acceptance we have to have in terms of the actor and the art where they're they no longer want to be involved i feel like even getting affleck involved in this movie might have been a challenge because I, I don't believe that his contract had anything to do with this movie i think it was probably a separate thing after he had finished um the additional footage they had to shoot for Zack snyder's justice league
1: well i i hope that you know Zack snyder fans will um be satisfied with you know his his inclusion in the movie. He's not in it for that long, so don't uh, don't go in with any expectations of having him be in you know fifty percent of the movie because that's not the case. Um, I will say I enjoyed. He has a great chase sequence through the streets of Gotham. Um, that's very exciting. Uh, but I will say that the suit. Oh my
0: God! Does not Ooh, look dude. good at all. I was told behind the scenes by some people that know some people that know some other people um, (laughs) (laughs) that, that, you know, that worked on the production of the movie that just said that the uh, suit was rushed for some reason, which uh, who knows what that means, but it shows um, it's literally the ugliest thing he's worn. And this comes after we've had him in dawn of justice and what is, I mean, arguably the most comic book accurate bat suit to ever exist on film. And it's a thing of beauty, like sitting behind me, I have my hot toys of that suit of Affleck in it. And it's, I couldn't pass it up. I mean, I bought everything when that movie came out with him in that suit. Cause I'm like, dude, that that's Batman. You know, we had to sit through, you know, the dark Knight and dark Knight rises suit. And that was like horrendous. So we finally got Batman looking like Batman and, um, you know they change it for justice league and if you will and whatever we got after but this just looked like strange now i i get that they kind of constructed this thing to like be able to handle some damage because he has to do some serious shit in his sequence but it's just it, yes we get the the gray and the blue a little bit but it's it's gaudy especially as because it's gaudy well, especially
1: as Especially because Batman is, we're used to seeing him in the shadows and, and, you know, the the dark streets of Gotham. You know, he, it's not meant to be seen in broad daylight like it is in the movie. So, um, but it is great to see him.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I mean, fans are going to be excited to see him in the movie, but we need to get to the bigger picture here. What we're really all about, to be as honest as we possibly can as I sit In front of the theatrical one sheet teaser and a light box on my wall in my collection room. That is also my podcast studio.
1: I see it. It's a thing of beauty. The
0: return of the greatest cinematic Batman of all time. Michael Keaton returning to don the cape and cowl. What appears to be possibly one last time. We don't know. We know what happened when gun came in to take over DC. They canceled Batgirl in which was pretty much fully filmed and finished except for the CGI. It's we, a brain dead decision by the way, but I mean, it's a thing, it's a movie. Um they could have just put it on I keep wanting to call it HBO Max and I forgot they took out the HBO. They just call it Max, the place where you find your HBO. Worst another brain ever.
1: Another brain dead decision. Yes. Um yeah, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman Returns. And uh, I, I I, didn't really have an inkling of how much screen time Keaton would have when he was announced um, to return. Um, whether it would be a cameo uh, or... I knew it
0: wouldn't be. I knew it wouldn't be.
1: I had no way of knowing anyway, so... Um, yes,
0: you did, because you're close to me. So, I mean, my mentality... I think fans...
1: I think fans will be very pleased with the amount of screen time that he has. I was.
0: I mean, my mentality behind the whole thing was from the start. And I had to, even without knowing for sure, I had to correct people because it makes no sense why Warner Brothers would be like, hey, let's revitalize what we're doing. Let's kind of do like a quick switch to change uh, format and um, bring back Michael Keaton and pay him as much fucking money as they paid him to come back for this and not put him in the bat suit. People were still claiming like a year out before we saw any major footage. I think before we saw the, um, the first initial teaser trailer, if you will, as part of the DC event, people were still saying, no, it's going to be like Batman beyond. He's just going to be there as a mentor. And I just, that made no sense to me. Like, dude, he's at the time they shot the film, he was in his late 60s. And I'm telling you, if you go to the fucking gym, I see dudes in their late 60s that are fucking ripped and jacked and they can lift and they're strong and they're agile. And also, it doesn't fucking matter because guess what? He's in a bat suit. So it really doesn't make any difference. It's almost like having like a 70 year old Tony Stark. He's in an advanced armored suit it doesn't matter how old he is. And also there's that little thing that we kind of bring up when we watch movies called suspension of disbelief. Um, So that, I mean,
1: you're going to need it to get through this movie, but yeah, I mean, mean well, well,
0: very true. But I'm just saying like the, the idea that people thought they would, they would go to all this trouble just to bring back Keaton and that he would agree to do it, to just stand around. Now, granted, we know he was in Morbius for all of fucking five seconds, uh, you know, I mean, they probably paid him a cool million for that, actually. But, sure. you know, the reality is that we know that Batman, not Beetlejuice, I mean, Beetlejuice kind of was his hit back into being, you know, a Hollywood name, because he'd had a string of kind of duds, if you will, uh, in terms of box office. But Batman was the thing that made him an international star, like it made him huge and i know that he appreciates it i know it's been kind of this love and hate relationship over the last you know at this point you know next year it'll be the 35th anniversary of the original batman um he's had to live with that you know batman this batman that um but he appreciates i think he finally came to terms with the fact when you get to be an older age you're like this is kind of my legacy like what am i going to be known for when he yeah. when he passes away, it's it's literally gonna say in his obituary, Batman and Beetlejuice actor Michael Keaton. It's not gonna say Birdman, it's not gonna say Mr. Mom, it's not gonna say fucking night shift or Multiplicity. God forbid, <laughs> God forbid multiplicity. Or maybe it'll say Jack Frost though. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe people are coming around on that one. i d I don't know. no um, Snow Dad's better than no dad. <laughs> right? But I mean, the reality is like he knows, like. Every single person that walks up to him is going to say either Batman or Beetlejuice. And I love the fact that he embraced it and getting to him being in the movie. It shows because dude, he does not phone in a single second when he puts on the Cape and cowl. It's almost as if he never left us. Like we've never seen a single other cinematic Batman since.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, his inclusion is kind of like, you know, a, a a, a bigger problem that I have with the movie and movies in general. Um, This is the ultimate clap because you recognize it movie. Um, So Keaton's casting feels very, oh, I don't want to say pandering, but it feels very much like a nostalgia pull for people. I think his, his inclusion is why a lot of people are wanting to see this movie they're saying
0: ninety percent of people. I mean, you and I had this discussion last night, and it needs to be brought up again. What happens in this movie is what Star Wars fans wanted to see in The Last Jedi with Luke Skywalker returning. I mean, more
1: more along the lines of what they probably wanted to see. What I, I mean, mean
0: what they wanted to see, not what they got. And that makes me happy because I understand. I mean, as much as I love that movie.
1: The I Last Jedi.
0: Yes, The Last Jedi. I can understand fans' perspectives on like you're gonna bring him back after this many years. Like you want the character that you know and love. And they do yeah. that here. They do that here. And and they and, do. And I think that probably I, I would dare say Keaton would not have returned unless it was like that's the version. Like, you know, there's some there's some questionable things that they do with the character. I mean, his introduction, um, may take fans aback a little bit because it's a little bit weird but at the same time well
1: and to see see him kind of like flipping around and fighting kryptonian soldiers and i mean that i mean burton's version of the character that was never um you know it, it was meant to exist in that universe so to have him you know doing things that you otherwise wouldn't see batman do i mean i think they do a really good job with how they wrote the character i think he has a stellar um kind of Intimate character scene with Barry that I thought was very well written. Um, I, 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 I think that Keaton gives a strong performance and is the character that we remember, while also being a little older, a little grizzled and Um And also, it's just impossible not to get shivers when you see him in how the bath How do you suit. not?
0: How, I mean, <laughs> how do you not? I mean, every screening I've been to, and I shit you not, I keep mentioning this, but when I saw it at CinemaCon. And there's a huge balcony. I think there's like two balconies there. It was like so fucking packed. And this is industry people, you know, some YouTube film critics. Like, I'm pretty sure that uh, Jeremy Johns was sitting right behind me during that. It was just like this huge event, right? Everyone wanted to be there. And no one knew if they were going to get in for sure or not. And the moment that he comes out in the suit for the first time and you hear the Elfman theme swelling in the background building with that high operatic chorus the whole fucking auditorium this way. Oh, like it was the return of Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> and, and that's literally what I mean, that's what we want. And I don't see anything against that. I mean, yeah, none of us thought it could ever happen. That's the key thing. It's not like Lou Skywalker. We're like, yeah, he, he might possibly do it. Or, you know, with Indiana Jones, you know, this this summer, we're getting Dial of Destiny. Um, we already had him come back in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, you know that moment was probably as exciting for a lot of fans before they saw the movie (laughs) Um, but you know what I mean like we've seen those characters return and when it came to Keaton and Batman it just seemed like it was almost like impossible that he would do it and the fact that he did it and he put on the suit and what you see him do in the movie is so impressive I mean it's like it's, it's 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 literally like I said he's in his late 60s when he shoots this thing and granted there's cgi to help there's stunt guys and stuff like there's in any other movie but when you see him it's batman there's no question
1: it is like a dream come true and i mean you could you could argue because i do have reservations of like you know the spider-man no way homes and the ghostbusters afterlife it's just like again it's it is It is fan service to the nth degree. I mean, and and callbacks out the asshole. Like, we're not even scratching the surface of, like, the amount of references and and characters that show up in this movie. Um, But it is... I mean, fan service is called fan service for a reason. So it was extremely cool to see Michael Keaton's Batman doing things that Michael Keaton's Batman you would cheer, do.
0: You cheered at every single moment that we got. Not fanservice. every single moment. Oh. Every single moment. Yes, I, we did.
1: If I could clip the let's get nuts line out of the movie, I, I, I would. Uh, I think that's a bridge too far for but me.
0: I would dare ask you, what would you have him say in that moment in the film? because it's a, it's a build-up moment.
1: I wouldn't have him say anything. Just get just to the action. You stand
0: there? Yeah, why
1: not? That's all we need. Anyway. Uh, How dare so you? I'm not a screenwriter. I, I am a film critic. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Um,
0: I mean, I just... I'm not sure I would have had him said the nuts thing either, but he came out recently at that screening in London and said that he came up with that on the set of Batman, that that was not in the script, that Sam Hamm... Or or Warren Scarron came up with, or anyone else on on the set, he just came up with that in the middle of the scene. It was just improvised. So maybe he, he on the set was like, it just did it, and everyone was like, "Yeah, do that again."
1: Yeah, I'm sure that'll get you know applause in the theater. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that that's does. what
0: happened. It
1: does. It does. It does. It does. Not from not me. I th- I mean, everyone again, else around
0: is... you though. So you must have felt pretty alone. Again,
1: this is the ultimate like clap because you recognize it movie. I mean, there was one guy, especially in the theater, who clapped at every opportunity. And um Well, some of the shit that know. he was
0: clapping at, I didn't recognize. And I was like, why is he clapping now? Maybe he was just really happy to be there because he got to see an early screening of a movie he's very excited about. You ever and think of that, Brian? Great. You ever think of that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm really happy for him. Um, You know, uh, one thing that I think... Uh, people are going to be talking about besides Michael Keaton's Batman, um, is Supergirl. Oh, and um, yeah, and because uh, that was a surprise for me, I knew that Supergirl was going to appear in the film and that she was going to be a, a kind of a main player. Um, but she kind of steals a lot of the movie. And the actress, uh, playing her, her name is Sasha Kaye,
0: she's a she, beast, she's an absolute force of nature in this thing, absolutely, like, literally just. I mean, she's kind of scary, man. She's a force it's, of
1: nature, like it's intense. Yeah, it's
0: really intense.
1: And her action scenes are some of the most standout, you know, scenes of the movie. Um, she has, again, like she has something behind her eyes that's just very captivating, and um, she she makes for a great foil because Barry, you know, he's a little bit more happy-go-lucky. He's a little bit more well. Both Barrys, um, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: One's one one is sillier than the other,
1: right? um but she makes for a great like not foil but uh she, uh they comp- the characters complement each other very well because you know um we don't get a whole lot of her backstory but we understand enough to un- you know to uh, she this is a character who has had you know some some pain in her life and um it also uh <laughs> it also uh, is in connection to the general Zod uh, character from Man of Steel and Michael I have Shannon, to say he
0: returns he's there yeah
1: he he returns and uh, we we're talking about Michael Keaton not phoning in his performance oh no
0: how dare, dare you yeah. how dare you he, I mean you gotta, you gotta consider that the character of Zod is literally like this monotone i will speak to you like this and i will tell you because i'm a kryptonian warrior of course he has no personality did you not watch man of steel i know it's there's one of your favorite of... comic book movies of all fucking time there's parts in man know. of
1: steel there's parts in man of steel where he gets mad and he yells and he's in like again he, he's 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 precisely i mean one of the uh, greatest line reads and he's spitting history.
0: all over the place, and you actually see his spit like splattering all over the actors that were like right next to him for sure.
1: Love it, love it. Yeah. Uh, if if anyone's out there listening and has not <laughs> uh, has not seen the YouTube video of Michael Shannon reading that completely unhinged sorority letter, do yourself a favor. Type in Michael Shannon uh, uh, sorority letter, and it's the greatest. Let's face it. Made.
0: Let's face it. Here we have one of the best living actors of all time in this movie. And unfortunately, here's the weird thing about Michael Shannon. Like he needs better movies. He, he really does. does. He does. Um, yeah.
1: He was fantastic in uh, nocturnal animals. His performance in that was phenomenal. Ooh, and that was how yeah. many
0: years ago? I'm just saying like, yeah, he's, he's one of the best. Um, I believe it was like a year or two ago where someone was at a bar and they were like, Oh, I'm just sitting at a bar next to Michael Shannon. He's watching the Oscars at a bar and he's just drinking a beer at a bar. Maybe he just wanted to be at a bar No, no, I'm uh, just saying like that, that. that's the mentality. Like, I love the man. He's he's brilliant. And I love the fact that, you know, Oh, the shape of water as well. I mean, he, yeah, no, uh, he's to your point. Exactly. I mean, that's an Oscar winner. So, you know, he's worked the best. Like of the best. I, I just love the idea that he had this integrity that when he was asked to do the film, because I watched the recent interview he did uh, regarding like, these things they do that I love where they're like uh, their career. You know, iconic performances, if you will, whether it's Vogue or whatever other publication does it. And he said, like, you know, Zod died, right? And like, yeah. And then he he wanted to get Zack Snyder's blessing, and that's how much he cared about the role and the performance that he did in Man of Steel and in Zack Snyder's vision. And I give him so much credit for that and then of course Zach gave his blessing cuz he knows that this is an offshoot like there's Snyder fans out there acting like this is not like part of that but like everything Zach started is still part of this movie and uh
1: yeah I mean it definitely kind of puts a bow on the whole Snyderverse uh, and the whole DCEU as a whole, because we know that, you know, things are going to be a little different with James Gunn in charge, but this movie kind of brings it all together. And, um, uh, you know, it it all comes full circle. Um, I I do have to say um, the confrontation with Zod and the Kryptonian uh, forces, uh, it it basically leads up to like a fight in a big empty field in the
0: desert. Um you say field I, as if there's actually like a field well, there but it's just a it, desert. It's, Ryan. It's, a digi- it's a digital it's a digital there's there's no plants or anything. It's a is digital void. Is there wheat? Are there cows there?
1: It's a void <laughs> is what I'm saying. I'm, um I'm asking uh, because
0: because in Man of Steel we see them fighting in an actual cornfield. So you say field
1: well, in Man of Steel, we also see them fighting in a populated city, um, and we see, you know, people running away from falling buildings and destruction and ash raining down from the sky. So I think they were trying to avoid that imagery Even though we this. see that
0: imagery in the movie.
1: We do. We do. But I think, you know, they didn't want the fight to be in the middle of the city. Um, so I understand. Um, I just feel like it it didn't look the best it just kind of had this gray color palette and i I get it um but uh it should have been
0: like my opinion on that sequence at the end is it should have even even though it's supposed to be hearkening back to what we see in man of steel it should have been like dark and stormy and like thunderstorm to make it you know darker and cooler and more atmospheric and then you know rather than like the extremely bright ugly white like yucky just oversaturated like I don't know it looks like they just put a filter on it went like yeah here we go let's do this yeah
1: Yeah. but I I will say that Zod is not the main big bad in the movie and that, that fight in the desert or the field or whatever is not that the, field, the climax. There, that, that
0: cornfield without any corn in it out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. Yeah, You, you
1: know what I meant? Anyway, um, that's, <laughs> that's not the climax of the movie. There is, uh, it, it, it almost has the kind of like a quieter, um, You know, wrap up to everything that I really appreciated. Again, uh, this movie really hit home for me emotionally both times I saw it. And uh, I think that comes down to Ezra Miller. I mean, again, uh, they've been the subject of many a controversy. Uh, You know, if you choose not to support this movie as a result, that's your prerogative, but we're judging the movie not the personal lives of the stars and you have to admit that ezra miller it just gives a virtuoso performance in this absolutely
0: thing. absolutely and, brilliant performance
1: and um yeah it really drives the emotional uh core home um so i have to ask justin since we're kind of wrapping up here um are we, we I, about- I haven't
0: even talked about all the cool bat gadgets like we get to see michael keaton use
1: <laughs> i mean we all the same bat gadgets we've seen him use before. i will say
0: this much Ladies and gentlemen, that the new Batwing is a character, oh, yeah. is, is a character all into itself. That's pretty bad. And it's something to be very excited about. I mean, people were like, "Oh, a new Batwing, yeah," but it's not the original. I'm like, just wait, just wait until you see this fucking thing on screen because it's amazing and and you have
1: the you have the toy don't you you have the- uh it's
0: right behind me i have the, the, the cheaper. Sp- <laughs> i've got two versions the spin master the large version and the smaller version the mcfarlane i did not buy because it's 250 dollars. and guess what believe it or not my wife will literally slip my throat in my sleep and be like you're not buying that toy that's that expensive considering because i have other toys You have plenty of other Batman merchandise. Pre-purchased that have to do with Michael Keaton's Batman. I mean, that's the one thing that this movie gave me and all of you listening that are Keaton fans. More Keaton Batman merchandise. Toys, shirts, hats, bat gear, bat socks, bat
1: shoes. My question to you, Justin, uh, was... Yes, yes, yes. we've We've seen two different versions of this film. Uh, this was the final cut with an added scene at the end, uh, a credit sequence and a post-credit sequence, or like, a, you know, the the main title animation, and then a post-credit scene, none of which we saw in the first screening. So um, I have to ask, uh, what do you think of the new ending without spoiling it for our
0: listeners? No! <laughs>
1: No, no, I mean, hmm.
0: um, you know, here's the thing. I kind of liked how they had it before I did, too. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be people listening that got to watch the CinemaCon cut where the movie ends on a high note and you don't know where it's supposed to lead. Unfortunately, um, or fortunately, if you will, I don't know how you want to look at it. I knew the different endings that were shot for the film. I knew there were at least three. I knew specifically what they were. And I knew as of the last few weeks, they were playing with two specific endings to see which one worked better. Uh, We got the one that apparently won. And um, I assume assume played better with, you know, test, test audiences.
1: I feel like the ending kind of comes across as a joke, um, which is fine because I feel well, like the that whole fits- movie there's
0: there's so much comedy in the movie like it fits right. the tone like you said and um, when we talked about the other potential ending which I will bring up and I will reveal on our full spoiler review um, probably wouldn't have landed as hard as this did I mean I'll just say this much the audience we had last night loved the ending like they fucking roared at this shit like they just had yeah. a blast with it and I think that you know the movie's so emotional at its core um and what it deals with you wanted to like let the movie end on a high note and like this kind of like really fun silly moment
1: yeah um well i mean the original ending definitely would have inspired conversation um and and debate about what the direction of the dceu is going to be because you know it it what if they decide to make the flash too, or like, you know, if, if well, well, a certain... well, we
0: heard the other day that like, there's a finished script for the sequel. So we don't know what that means, if it means anything at all. Right. So, I mean, uh, to kind of
1: maybe leave it on an ambiguous note might've served them a little bit better, but I think they wanted to have like one last like big laugh and reaction from the audience and it, it, it lands, but it may upset some people it depending up-set on set
0: me. And there's a reason (laughs) why. And I don't want to reveal that because I really don't want to reveal that or anything uh, on this episode. I just want to leave it as is. Um, I know that people that are listening to this, most of you, you've already seen the earlier cut from early screenings. Because let's face it, by the time the movie comes out, everyone in the fucking world will have seen the thing um that's not a bad thing or anything it's just the way warner brothers wants to handle it we know that this was an uphill battle that the movie almost didn't happen i mean a year and a half ago we were still wondering if it was even gonna be released i mean i will
1: say too that like i mean this this film has been through so many directors um you know delays because of COVID 19 and uh you know post-production you know issues so like it's been a long road to get here, because the movie's been in development for so long. And honestly, the movie doesn't feel like, you know… It,
0: uh, it doesn't feel like it's by committee.
1: It doesn't. It feels. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's been, you know, too, too many cooks in the kitchen has spoiled the soup. It, it really does feel like it's uh, a, a movie, even though it does have its faults, um, that people cared about and wanted to make and um I'm I'm pleased it's as good as it is you know what I mean (laughs) after all that I'm glad we have the flash in this form and like I said I've seen it twice I'll probably see it a third time um in the words of Barry Allen himself or other Barry or younger Barry uh it beaves it
0: beaves and in the words of other Barry the other Barry the one we're talking about but the other one I don't know what that means (laughs) but I'll go with it for you um ladies and gentlemen we are not going to give a number rating to the movie right now we just want you to go see it and enjoy it it's very apparent based off this review that we both had a blast and i think every single person regardless of age will go see this movie it's a family friendly movie i think everyone's going to have a blast it's emotional it's funny it has All of those fun throwbacks that Loisauce loves so much that he pretends like he doesn't love, but he does. Easter eggs, the movie. When when someone says like a cameo, is the movie remember from thirty years ago, or actually (sighs) thirty-five?
1: Hold on, you old, you old.
0: Of course, I want to hear him say the same thing. I want to see him do the same thing. Why wouldn't I? Just saying. But thank you so much for listening to the spoiler-free episode of the epic film guys podcast with our review of the flash We're releasing this still over a week before it comes out even though like i said everyone in the world is seeing this thing um i think it's going to be huge i hope it's huge i want dc to do well um i'm just super excited about the whole thing i mean this entire thing for me was such a journey From beginning to end and you know i mean a dream come true in terms of the opportunities that were given to me and offered by warner brothers and them realizing you know that the fandom surrounding michael keaton's batman is so strong and so special and you know them doing some some things to let us see the movie early and just throw it to audiences and let them enjoy it and i I couldn't be more thankful or gracious surrounding those things so thank you warner brothers and just honestly thank you andy and barbara for you know what you said when you did that video i don't know how long ago it was you did it but the fact that you said you decided to make this movie when you realized you could bring back michael keaton as batman and uh, i mean (laughs) just just for us fans i mean it literally is like something we never ever imagined could happen so thank you for that thank, and thank you thank you all for listening yeah yeah and uh if it's your first time if it's your last time <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, good riddance No, I'm just <laughs>
0: <laughs> this town needs an enema <clears throat> Uh, leave us a review on itunes it only takes a few minutes if you use spotify it's even faster you just have to push your button on stars um and also we have a patreon where we're doing most of our major keaton cast episodes so check that out patreon.com epic film guys and of course we're on every podcatcher and on social media at epic film guys on facebook twitter and instagram just come say hi we'd love to have you We have our fan group on facebook come say hi be a part of the fun but until next time i'm justin and i'm lois sauce and as always we like to say we'll see you at the movies
1: i'm batman